0: Yeah, people don't get a long intro today. This is all I get. I'm just going to hit go.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the
0: warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Look
1: at that, Tony. I fluffed it up perfect.
0: Look at you! Look at
1: that! Nailed it! Hell yeah! Mine's okay. That is that is a, that's pretty good. But are we, are, whip the whip the meringue <laughs> on that one, baby! All right, free pills in the glass. Let's do this! All right, guys, it's the Beer Engine Podcast. You know it. It's Griff. You heard my voice. You know me. If you don't know me, welcome. Uh, lovely to have you here. Uh, welcome to uh, our little. Bar in the whatever corner of the world this is, uh, potentially uh, hell. Uh, who knows? You know, but um, or Iowa. Remember that whole bit? Anyways, Tony, it's really, really fucking hot. So it might as well be hell. Uh, um, it is. Uh, we have reached kind of a heat humidity combo here in Vegas that I had not experienced before where there is some humidity and it's the very hot type of temperature, like 110 or so. Um, and oh. it's really, really, really brutal.
0: So you're talking 110 and five degree, 5% degree, five humidity.
1: Gotcha. I'd say maybe – I'd say up to 15%. It did Ooh. rain on Sunday. We got Ooh. some rain. That doesn't um, sound nice. And it's hot, so it's steamy. It's the monsoon season. I, I blame – I got to blame Arizona as usual. Arizona sends all this shit up to us. Um, it's It's not nice of them. So occasionally I have to sweat now. It's very un- unpleasant. So really, 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 really bad.
0: Now, do you know anybody that used to live in Arizona? Perhaps you could just like dump this whole thing on them and blame them for the entire thing. It's just a thought. Yeah,
1: the problem with the problem with that person is they usually are blaming themselves for everything already. So you kind of have to <laughs> deal with their own fucking mental problem. You can't even feel good about calling him an asshole for. Uh, fucking you over by being from Arizona or existing in Arizona. They're like, <laughs> Oh, it's always my fault. You know, they're whining. <laughs> they oh, whining. I did it again. That's a really, that's a good impression of him too. actually, <laughs> uh, I think I nailed it. I think you uh, did. Tony, I, um, I did, uh, you know, in, in it with all this heat, uh, I I've been getting myself some ice iced cream lately. Tony been eating iced cream. Is that something you guys like? Who? What sort of human doesn't like
0: ice cream? But what sort of ice cream are you going for? Are you going for just like your supermarket brand sort of stuff? Are you going upmarket supermarkets, at or are you going to so, uh, a chain, or a, or a artisanal ice creamery, or frozen custardery? Is that
1: what you call? I it? like the frozen custard. Yeah, um, but I did. Uh, I did a little. We've done a little ice creaming lately. <laughs> Um, we went to a place. I don't know if you've seen these, Tony. These are like the. This is like a Japanese thing, I think, where they're in these little pastry fish waffle cone things, like fish shaped. They're not fish tasting, <laughs> but they look like little fish, and they're sort of a softish pastry like waffle cone, and it's filled with like ube ice cream, like soft serve ube ice cream, or like or whatever normal flavors too. Um, that shit's really good. Had some of that a couple weeks ago. Uh, More recently, uh, the Whole Foods Market, uh, owned by Amazon and Jeff Bezos, popped in there. They were doing a little ice cream sale, so I got me some of that upmarket ice cream. Some Jenny's, Ah. sweet corn corn and berries or something like that, or sweet corn biscuit and berries or some shit like that. And that's good as hell, Tony.
0: Yep. So there's sort of... I was, there's a guy I listened to on a different podcast and he's having the dreamy, creamy summer and he has some strong opinions on Jenny's ice cream and thinks it's overrated to some extent. It is. It is? Oh,
1: yeah. Yep. I absolutely agree. Yeah. No, it's overrated, but I do like the fun flavors. I'm I'm a fan of like unique ice cream flavors. I will get on board with it. I'm not one of those freaks who's like, I only eat vanilla. You know, I love vanilla ice cream. No offense to vanilla ice cream, but... You know, I like some crap in there. Sometimes it's fun to get some junk in your ice cream. <laughs> I, I
0: like vanilla ice cream. I, I won't say I love it. Like, give me chocolate and variations on chocolate, and it doesn't have to be, like, chunks of shit in chocolate ice cream. I'm not a chocolate chip chocolate person. But, yeah, give me fun flavours as well. I, I'm, peanut I'm, butter.
1: Yeah, peanut give butter. Give some peanut butter and ice cream, dude. I, I, I will get all – I think I – so I bought – so I like, you know, I got my sensitive tummy. I mean, I need to get some non-dairy too. I got some non-dairy ice cream. I can eat about a scoop-ish of, of regular ice cream. But if I really want to pig out, I got to go on the non-dairy kick. And the Ben & Jerry's makes a pretty good non-dairy ice cream that's not, not gross watery. You know, sometimes yep. it's watery. Um, and uh, it's the Netflix and chill non-dairy. So it's got these pretzels and some peanut butter swirls. And some other crap in there. Um, that's not good. It's not bad either. I like that.
0: I tell you what I love in a um, in an ice cream is some something sort of savory. Give me. You you spoke about peanut butter, but give me um, a potato chip in an ice cream. Potato chip, it.
1: pretzels. Yep.
0: Anything with um, a little bit of salt.
1: Just these mm. sweet corn biscuit pieces that are in the one I'm eating are really good. That's a nice add. Um, <laughs> I've had a sweet corn ice cream before that I thought was lovely. Well, that makes really, sense quite enjoyed that. So. Yeah,
0: because that, thats something that goes sort of both ways. It is on the the very, very sweet side of savory. A lot of the times we're doing sweet corn and it's a savory dish, but it's very much on the sweeter side of anything that's on right. your plate.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm. I'm so I'm liking eating ice cream, but you can't. You can't leave the building you're in with the ice cream. You have to just house it. <laughs> Wherever you are, you cannot go outside with the ice cream. It's gone. Um, if you want to go outside with something, you got to get one of those like Paleta style popsicles that is frozen to like a fucking brick, and you can lick on that for a little bit, and that's about you can get some out of that. But um, that ice cream is soup in twenty five seconds. I can barely keep. I mean, because the heat rises up. So we're on top of the garages yep. here. So like, it is hard for our our fridge is just running. It's it's barely keeping up um it's it's wild um so pretty good stuff but hey ice cream delicious um you ever have a beer ice cream tony you ever have a beer flavored ice cream i, I can remember having beer floats like yeah, having, okay. having like
0: beer poured over an ice cream specifically like um like sweeter beers like stouts um sort it's of a in stout, an, yeah. like a coffee stout like in an affogato way but as far as Beer in an ice cream. I can't ever remember having it, but all the ingredients are there, other than hops. Because like malt powder and um, ice cream is a classic pairing. Milo, really yeah, Milo and it. ice I cream in Australia, malt, yeah. in Australia, which is just chocolate malt, um, chocolate and malt, not chocolate malt. Yeah, that's been powdered up. We we love pouring Milo onto ice cream. It's
1: great that way. A chocolate malt here i don't know if you have like the shake style malts but it's just mixed with the malt powder right so like a yep. we would just call that a chocolate malt and um that's one of my favorite things to drink and they're not easy to get malts abound anymore you know because i don't think that flavor is as popular as it was with our grandpappies so we gotta you gotta dig those things up these days it's um well, the dairy queen will will have one for you but not always at uh, at some of these other ice cream joints
0: well, go to the world market or your ethnic shelves or world aisle of your supermarket. Look mm-hmm. for some Australian Milo. I think they have it in other places. Um, All right. It's a evil Nestle brand. Um, oh, you, no. You can use it to make a hot malted um, chocolate milk drink, but as it's, I said, it's, it's delicious too. straight over ice cream. That's the way I, I go a couple of, like, Tablespoons, just pile it over vanilla I'd or actually, chocolate ice cream. It's really If it weren't
1: 9,000 9, degrees, I, the hot chocolate malt drink actually sounds delicious. I, I want that too. So,
0: Well, the other option with Milo, it comes in both varieties. You can have it hot or cold. Cold is delicious, but the malt powder doesn't dissolve um, As particularly well. well. Yeah, So it's kind of lumpy. But if you're used to that texture as I am, as somebody that grew up on Milo, it is delicious. Don't know whether our two Australian listeners can chime in. I'm not even sure whether Nick Talks ever had Milo because I don't think it's a British thing. I know PMAC would have for sure, but what their thoughts on Milo are. And there are still Milo candy bars out there, but there used to be an old-style Milo um, candy bar, and it was compressed, um, just the malt and chocolate compressed, and then wrapped in a chocolate shell and that chip was delicious then they changed the recipes
1: no you can't do that no and it's no reason why do we change the only i don't know why we're changing can, like old candy recipes that's like the only reason an adult and the only reason anyone really eats i think like kind of your classic candy like your classic shit candy that was started in like the 30s 40s and 50s is for nostalgia's sake, right? Does anyone eat... Who's eating like a uh, Butterfinger at age 35 and is like, this is legit good? I guess somebody, because I don't know what... I mean, I was looking at shit today on the internet uh, because I don't don't know what people are doing. I mean, there's posting going on that is like so far beyond irony that I can't live with. But anyways, I eat that candy and I'm like, this is good because it's comforting. I find something... Uh, rem- like reminiscent about this experience or nostalgic. Um, oh, I'm not know. eating that. The what? only one is a Reese's. I think a Reese's I eat because I like them. But anytime yeah. I eat like a fucking I don't know, like a Ding Dong or like a goddamn Twinkie or something. Oh yes, that's, that's just like nostalgia or whatever. That's just like, all right, this sucks, but I'm yeah, you know, it's kind of fun to try it again.
0: Yeah, there are a couple of candy bars in Australia where that's the case. Chiquito being the big one. Chiquito is a trash. They're, you're only looking at them from childhood memories or a poly waffle. They're trash chocolate bars. There's a reason why you hardly find them anywhere. But I would say a cherry ripe
1: is still. Oh yeah, cherry ripe. Yeah, is
0: a fucking. They great have those. Bar. I need
1: to get one. I, I saw one at the old uh, world market there. They they're delicious yeah, if you
0: can get, get the dark chocolate up. version. Um, they're also great, and there are some like special variety ones that are. That are all so good. I don't know whether they're better than the original, but I like the dark chocolate one myself. Um, yeah, cherry ripes are just good, no matter which way you slice it. I also like a bounty, which is like a, a mound bar. Oh, I we think. have those
1: too. Those yeah. are pretty good. Yeah, it's kind of like a Mounds bar.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're the chocolate right. bars that I really enjoy. Like, I can, I, I can take a pass on a Snickers or a Mars. They're fine, but they're not trash. Um, but yeah, give me. Give me a a cherry ripe, a bounty, or a flake, and I'm happy. And like a flake is just good quality Cadbury's chocolate that's been sort of had air pushed through it. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. So those things are good. Uh, We have that shitty Hershey chocolate, though. That shit is putrid, bro. (laughs) Um,
0: That's something I do get nostalgia for. because, yeah, it was bought back when I was like a teenager and, yeah, it is super shitty, but I do eat a Hershey's Kish sort of in the same way that you were talking about eating a Butterfinger. They're not particularly yeah, great, but, yeah, there is great nostalgia value with that.
1: They were in a big glass at my grandmother's house. So I used to sit there and pick at them when I'd be at my, at my grandmother's house and sit there, like, eat seven of those things. Yep. What else did I eat recently? I had Rolos. I had a, I had a couple of Rolos. You ever a Rolo?
0: Now, do you put your Rolos in the fridge because that is the way? Yeah, to Yeah.
1: Yeah, so you got to do. You put them in the fridge, and I kind of suck on them a little bit. I sort of like let them uh, kind of dissolve a little bit. Is the move, and then you get it's got a hey, a little bit of barley wine type of dark barley wine flavor in my mind. Absolutely. A little chocolate Rollo, yeah.
0: There's an Australian candy that we used to get. Okay, so it was a thing that you would go to a milk bar when they were a thing and you would either order a 20 cent or a 50 cent bag of mixed lollies and it was all these individual mm-hmm. small candies and some were chocolate, some were hard candies, some were jubes and you would get a mix and you, some would be two for a cent or some would be more expensive and they'd be two cents each or five cents each and the person at the milk bar would go through and fill up the bag Till you got to your, whatever you were spending. And there was mm-hmm. a chocolate that probably doesn't stack up today because probably the chocolate on the outside of it is shit. But the inside of it absolutely reminds me of a barley wine, more than even a roller. It's called a mate. And you didn't have to put okay. these things in the fridge, but they were like a hard, hard caramel that was almost burnt in flavour. But, but not to point of astringency and then they were covered in chocolate and they were about the size of a twenty cent piece in Australia, but they were cube shaped. Don't know what that is in American currency. But they were a small small um flat square that you pop in your mouth yeah. and they were delicious. But I think the chocolate on the outside was kind of crap.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know, when you're making chocolate at this scale and sort of the the other thing not to think about too much with chocolate, if unless you want to go Crazy is the what it takes to make chocolate uh, and what happens around the world to, to, to get chocolate. Um, but we don't have to go into that. We're just enjoying some sweet treats in the fucking summer slash winter, Tony. We're, we're yeah. killing ourselves over this, but
0: oh, I know. it you is bring- nice.
1: I am enjoying
0: what's up. You bring up a good point about that, but I think there's every food staple in the world you, you can make yeah. the same argument. Um, coffee... You you can order from Fairtrade coffee, but that just means they're getting a couple of cents more per right. per bushel it's all, of it's coffee. All, it's
1: everything. Yeah, food, cars, yep, gas, social know, media. Somebody's back. Somebody's backs getting broken. Yeah, to make down in down in the and us too, us we're down here in the content mines. You know, just getting whipped. Hey. Oh, we do this shit, you know?
0: Well, we joke about that. We record on electronics, so you <laughs> and we host this thing on servers. And those those parts have got to be mined out of some mine somewhere and then manufactured through some smelting plant. No. So you can and, either get up in get arms rid- about one thing, or you can just fucking be yeah. defeated. I'd rather I, be defeated.
1: And they get real hot. They get real hot and use a bunch of, like, like gasoline and solar energy and shit to exist, so. Anyway, Tony. Speaking of barley wine, I got to buy some barley wine. Uh, I didn't bring this up last week; it just slipped my mind. But there was a Deep Woods Revolution Deep Woods release this week. Oh man! Um, okay. So uh, it was a wild experience, Tony. I thought about putting this in the hyper beer nerd dork shit news because it was a big hubbub amongst the uh, neck beard community, but. Um, Uh, I, I decided just, uh, kind of relay my experience. So I got on there, uh, whatever time, 9am central, 7am Pacific, got myself in the site, uh, added all like usual, added all my beers to the cart, uh, went to checkout, you put your pickup in there and, uh, it wasn't allowing you to do store pickup. And it also wasn't allowing you to do shipping because you're not supposed to ship anyways but neither option worked. So nothing worked. So everybody is getting on Facebook and being like, what the fuck? This shit doesn't work. You know? And so we're all just sitting there waiting to find out. They pushed it back to 5 PM central. I got on there. Then I uh, got all my beers I wanted. Um, and we're good. So what are my beers, Tony? Well, we've got, well, actually I didn't, there's one of them I didn't get, but I'm going to get it from Benny's because they're going to Benny's. So it's not going to be a problem. But, um, Thundertaker, so Thundertaker is a um, oatmeal, like I believe an oatmeal stout they did with Binnie's, I'm trying to find this stupid, um, <laughs> like specific descriptions of the beers, here we go, um, yeah, this was uh, a Imperial Rye Stout, loaded with Canadian rye and European barley varieties, um, with Asian premium bourbon barrels, hand-picked by Benny's. There you go. So there's that one. I'll, I'll dig that one up, but I didn't, I wasn't able to get it the other day. Then there's this one. You knew I was going to like this one, Tony. You're going to be excited for this. Coconut Deeth. Yep. Hell yeah. Uh, oh. A diabolical dose of toasted coconut accentuates the naturally occurring wellspring of American oak flavors found in D Star. Yum.
0: Now, I'm excited about it, but I'm guessing you're even more excited about it because it's combining two of your favorite things waiting in lines and coconut
1: i don't i love i love staring at the back of some fat guy's head it's just my favorite what what can compare to the joy of that i love it um and and then the third one this is a new one tony i'm interested to hear what you think about this one i was more excited about it uh my other pals who order rev beers um i I know mr w2 picked himself up some of this but um other guys weren't excited. I trust Rev though, they haven't fucked anything up yet. This is a Lumberstruck. It was a black it's a black barley wine aged in wine barrels. So this Ooh. is a black barley wine aged in young French oak wine casts from Saxon vineyards in Paso Robles, California. Uh, so it's got uh, it adds measures of lush vanilla and baking spice to this sumptuous sweet English black barley wine.
0: I don't think I've ever had that as a as a style. Have have
1: no, I've I've never had I've had black barley wine before, which is a weird way to describe it. I just think they they add a small component of chocolate malt would be my guess too, because and it just colors everything more than likely. Um, but uh, the wine barrel component is really going to be interesting. I think people are looking at it and expecting it to be like tannic or yep. super or tart or something. I don't think it's going to be that. I think it's going to be like especially with where that wine's coming from. I think you're going to get like monster vanilla taste and. Oh, we've, um, and then you'll just get like the, maybe the, the pure barley wine. That's my, my hope we'll see. But either way, uh, we got those, them's beers coming to me. I bought, a, I bought too many of them. Uh, Kelly is going to be very unhappy with me when, uh, Uh, Mr. W2 shows up to drop off these beers, and there are a lot of them (laughs) that she's going to have to cram into her bag. That's going to be pretty good. Um, Can't wait for that. But, no, yeah, so uh, we don't have another release. What until October um, when uh, I think Straightjacket's dropping, so we got a little time now. So, they need to iron out, their, iron out their shit with their site.
0: Yep. So how how common is it having ordering issues in the beer community that you circulate in? Well, uh,
1: it, almost every single time um, something happens. Uh, Rev had it worked out pretty good, but I would guess the back end was fucked last year. So they probably decided to change providers and yep. it ended up getting fucked up. So whatever, it'll probably be fine next time. Uh, like Horus shit isn't a problem because it's a contained amount of people. So, uh, you pretty much just go on and order it like you're buying a ticket, um, yep. like on Eventbrite or whatever. Not really no battle for that. Um, there's always too much beer, frankly. Um, uh, you know, but there's other ones that have been total disasters. People trying to get it on the site sells out in 30 seconds. Um, I mean, there's just real – it's a really – it's it's hard for these breweries to manage the scale at which these beers are going to be um, purchased at. They really don't know what to expect ever.
0: Yeah. I, I suppose that's the advantage of um, your Horace membership, as you were saying, that they would know within a fairly good percentage of, of how many people out of the people that have a Horace membership are going to order beers every time. and therefore They pretty
1: much make – They pretty much make the amount of beers there are of the amount of people that are going to buy it. Maybe a few, they probably make more, like, they probably make some amount more than that for, like, other stuff, depending, right? And there's going to be runoff and stuff, but I've never had an issue, never once have they had a beer where they're like, you don't get one, you know, so... Never going to be a problem. I don't think. I usually wait till like the day before they're done with the ordering to buy it because I'm lazy. So <laughs> I'm not usually the first one on the site being like, "Shit, I need the I need this coconut coffee, uh, vanilla, uh, hazelnuts, <laughs> whatever." Fifty <laughs> other adjuncts out right now. I usually just talk myself into it after two weeks of looking at the email. I'm like, on, hey, whatever.
0: I know. I do that as well with with some some beers. It's like. Oh, I can really wait. I've I've sort of had enough of that style, but but no, I I get sucked in again. It's like,
1: it's going to run out. I'll never get it again. I've never had, for some reason, I think I've had enough, and then I buy more. And I probably have had my taste buds have had enough, but my wallet (laughs) just loves to suffer. It's the best. Um, so, Tony, uh, we were uh, – I, I don't know if you watched the end of the Summer League. Did you see the Champions of the Summer League? No,
0: I watched the first couple of games, but it's fucking Summer League. Is it – I didn't yeah. realise that there was actually a, uh, a a sort of mini playoff thing happening or points thing where you mm-hmm. had the chum- – there,
1: there is some kind of point differential plus fucking record or some shit, and they just sort of like pick who the title game is going to be out of a hat. Um But the title game was, what, uh, the Knicks and uh, the Blazers. Uh, I told our friend Brian, (laughs) hey, you know, the Knicks are about to have a big game. He said, they really need this. This is all they're going to be able to have this year is the summer league title. And lo and behold, somehow even the baby Knicks let him down again. Um, The Portland Trail Blazers are your summer league champions. And Tony, I could not stop laughing that they had summer league championship rings oh no that was so fucking funny dude (laughs) no Uh, they were cheap cheap like jostens do you guys know what jostens is um jostens is like the class ring they make like class rings and shit um (laughs) i think they actually do make some of the title rings but these ones are just cheap fake everything fake uh whatever silver you know whatever it is the cheap whatever that cheap brushed silver is stainless steel um yeah stainless steel whatever it looks like dog shit you can look them up tony they're they're not they're not cute um, But yeah, there's a trophy i think i told you that um we all, we tried we took pictures of the summer league trophy and they were very protective of it they're like do not touch the summer league trophy and i'm like yes sir okay like what, not a problem
0: what do you think it is it's it's not like it's the stanley cup or, or the NBA champion or the AFL Premiership Cup or, or the Melbourne Cup. It's, it's a fucking
1: – it's no different. Or, to- the di- or the division championship or the winner of the preseason or anything. None yeah. of that. No. It, it doesn't even reach – conference champion of the, you know, butterfly conference in sixth grade t-ball, <laughs> you know, whatever. It's, it's not even that. At least that was like – the purpose of it was competition. The purpose of the Summer League is not to win the Summer League. The purpose no. of the Summer League is for whatever. I saw him at the game, Billy Donovan, to sit there and look at everything and be like, yeah. all right, well, let's see if we got anything with these freaks. You know? Yeah, let's That's let these guys league,
0: league ready. Are they showing signs to be league ready, or do
1: they need to spend yeah. spend a Phoenix, bunch of time in Phoenix the had the, Phoenix had the worst Summer League team I've seen ever. But they're going to be good. Phoenix is good. It has nothing to do – this doesn't matter to them. They just needed to to put a team out there. They're contractually obligated, A, by the NBA to put their team on the court. And why wouldn't they? Because they can be like, well, maybe I'll find a diamond in the rough or maybe I'll accidentally fall face-first onto a gem. And also, you know, guys are going to get hurt. It might be nice to have some, like, roster depth that I could pluck from – that's yeah. sitting over in the G League or something, you know? Or
0: you know the quality of your guys that you're putting out. And then you can scout guys that aren't even on your team. That's probably more what they're looking at. They know that their team may have certain qualities. They, they may have one good defender that's not ever going to make the NBA. But if they put him on a guy that they're sort of testing from another team that they may pick up at some point later right. in the year... Um, just to fill a roster spot, that's that's the point of Summer League. It's not only what you're putting out, but it's what you're going against and and scouting them as much
1: as scouting your, your own yeah. list. And to see, you know, from a competition standpoint, you want to see if your rookies are going to show up and be competitive and, you know, do the right, make the right plays in the game and play defense or at least attempt yeah. it and give you some effort, you know. All that stuff, obviously, you want to look at, but... Nah, it's just really funny that they're, like, handing out rings for winning this shit. It was fucking stupid, dude. Now, I love um, a hot next take year, Tony. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: around summer league, but I've I've seen very few that are actually, like, worth sort of even mentioning. It seems like a really um, uneventful summer league. Nobody truly sucked balls that, oh, we've got Anthony Bennett on our hands.
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone sucked ass. I don't think anyone, like, stole the show either. I don't think there was any player, um, any rookie that – I mean, I thought Paolo was fine, but then they they were like, oh, that's good enough. They didn't want to get him hurt either. They, I mean, some of these guys, like those top few guys, I mean, they're going to play 82, you know, or yeah. hopefully, anyways. You know, um, so they don't want to get them hurt in the summer league. You know, Dalen Terry for the Bulls played good, I thought. Um, he's not going to be – um, doing a lot for the Bulls offensively this season, I would say. Um, other than trying to get into the right position and dunk, maybe, <laughs> but uh, and that's fine. Yep. But if he's your ninth guy, or he has, or he specializes in wing defense uh, for you know a few minutes a game, and he can, you can trust him on defense. That's better than a lot of rookies, all right. Yeah, so it is. Let's see if he can do that and he gives you some effort and some rebounding from the from the wing position or something like that, you know? Give uh, give us something. That's really all you're expecting from the like fifteenth, yeah. eighteenth pick of the draft, you know?
0: Yeah, and I don't think those sort of picks out of the top five or so are going to get a lot of playing time like they did in the past year. The past year we had a yeah. lot of guys that that walked into situations. And they walked on and became regular parts of the rotation, like your Herb jo- Herb Joneses in um, um, New Orleans and stuff like that. Guys that were
1: Iodis I, I Sumo uh, yeah, you know, he played played a lot.
0: And I I just can't see that coming out of this draft, based on on what no. I've seen in a couple of practice games in summer league, but. Who knows? You get guys into NBA organizations, and some of them really thrive, and they come from college situations that are that are set up differently. I think a prime example of that is Chet Holmgren. Like he he spent 12 months not dribbling the ball, um, or or trying to shot create for himself, and immediately he goes onto an OKC floor, and he he goes back to doing his high school stuff. Whether that's feasible in the league, I don't know. But but you are going you to see. Good. Guys that thrive in the league because they come out of college systems that are college true systems yeah. that are designed around the coach succeeding over individual players showing out.
1: The cringe, there, there's a cringe factor with Chad every time something happens to him. I'm always like, ah!
0: yep, <laughs> and that's not going to go away. Like, right, yeah, as consistent as KD has been, and he's a bigger body than what he came into the league as, there's still always a I thought that, oh, that's an awkward landing or that's an awkward twist. It's like, and this is a guy that's been in the league for years. I I just think it comes with that body type. And I I think we're going to have it with the reverse body type as well. Whenever you see Zion do anything, you're going to be like, is he going to blow out his knee or ankle on this this turn?
1: I mean, Joel, I still do it for Joel Embiid, and he's been fine for a few years now, but I'm like, has he? Uh, he's been well yeah fair enough yeah he's he's playing he's playing more how about that yeah he, he's uh, spending
0: more time on the court but he's not spending it any less injured he's not he's right. not blowing out his knee and ending a season but he's playing hurt for the good part of every playoffs yep
1: yep for sure um all right tony uh next year i'm thinking about going to the drew league that's all nice. i was gonna say <laughs> I, I would like it was I, I was like how do i go to this because it looks awesome it and does. I looked it up. I mean, you can go to it. You can buy tickets to it, and it's a hundred bucks to go for a day. And I'm like, that's fine to see. I mean, it's forty bucks to see a bunch of strangers, and I pay a hundred bucks, and I might get to see LeBron. Like that's pretty decent, right? Like yeah. it feels feels not crazy. So I'm thinking about it's out in L.A. I think right? I think I might try to pull that off next year. All right, Tony, why don't we hop into the Discord, huh? Nope.
0: I just hit the wrong button. How about that?
1: I like that sound whatever that sound was good too. Um, Tony, a lot of stuff this week. Wow, the gang was was going at it this week. Um, Nick Torque at Manchester United versus Melbourne. Victory at a beautiful-looking stadium. I, I presume that's where they play the Aussie rules too, right? Tim? That is.
0: That is the MCG. I think it's still the largest stadium in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, seats around a hundred thousand, um, sure. hundred and three thousand. I think is is the modern record since they've redone the stands. So, yeah. quite
1: large. We-
0: it is a big stadium. Um, it's it's the iconic stadium within Australia. Every every state has a decent-sized stadium. Perth has a 60-seater. Um, Sydney has an 80,000-seat stadium, but this <coughs> is sort of the iconic event stadium in Australia for all kinds of sports. We play World Cup qualifiers there. Um, concerts come there from time to time. But it's mainly famous for the Aussie rules and for cricket.
1: Sure. Yep. 'Cause, cause you, the, guys, you guys aren't you guys aren't so big with the with the soccer, but uh Oh
0: no, as um, I said, the World Cup qualifiers tend to take place there. Right, um, I'm sure that does well. Yeah. because yeah, the MCG is actually the Melbourne cricket ground, so
1: Oh, that makes sense. Okay, now it's checking out. Yep. But yeah, we have a couple hundred thousand, hundred K seater. One's mm. to here, Tony. I've, I've been to one of them. I've been to the Ann Arbor, the Michigan Stadium, and that place fucking huge, bro. Um, one in Vegas, I think, is seventy. I think we're looking at 70-something thousand in the Allegiant Stadium. Yep. Um, I thought I see. I thought Nick Torque was sitting in like a box. Didn't no. you? Did you get that feeling no. looking at the picture? No, you didn't. Okay, I was like, he's got a he's got a frigging counter. No, My man's learning
0: it up. What happens in Australian sporting events, I think the G started it, but we also have it at at Marvel Stadium as well. If you're in standing room only or even if you've got a um, ticketed seat but want to stand in the standing room only section, they, the row closest to the seats has a basically a bit of timber where you can rest your your pie and your beer as you stand up and watch the game so all I'm, right that's
1: not bad i mean i would do i like that kind of setup honestly uh i used to when i was going to united center uh we'd have friends get us tickets that were in the press box yeah. um where you have like essentially your seat is like an office chair at a counter and i'm like this is cool all right yeah. it was a pretty good seat i mean not bad so
0: yeah I,
1: uh, I, 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 I miss.
0: certainly there are boxes available and I haven't had the box experience, but I have had the Medallion Club experience a couple of times at Marvel Stadium, and mm-hmm. that's that's very much uh, a premium experience. You can you can walk in and they hand you a newspaper if you wanted a newspaper for whatever fucking reason. Um, and
1: yeah, that's and that's what I'm looking to do at the game. Read the newspaper. Yeah, uh, not bad. But he said uh, he said United still shit. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. They made a couple signings since he said this, so we'll see if that's still true. Uh, Corey had some news, our friend Corey. uh, According to him, Skittles are toxic, U.S. lawsuit claims. This is from Jonathan Stemple. Mars Inc. has been sued by a consumer who claims that Skittles candies are unfit to eat because they contain a known toxin that the company had pledged six years ago to phase out. Uh, That is... Okay, so... Janelle Thames uh, accused Mars of endangering unsuspecting Skittles eaters by using heightened levels of tina- titanium dioxide uh, as a food additive. That's some Clark Griswold shit right there. So um, titanium dioxide
0: in now, your Skittles. So
1: I what do just, you think?
0: Word of caution here. Anybody can... For- this is basically anywhere in the world, but I, I know it's definitely true in America. Anybody can file a lawsuit for any reason. Doesn't mean it's true.
1: Now, you can just post something, yeah. It's yeah, just like posting.
0: It is. It, it's posting with a little bit more effort. That's all it comes down to. It's not like it's this is 100% backed up. There, there, there could be a possibility that this is true, but um, just because it's a lawsuit... I'm. I'm sort of. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put this much above like a Twitter mention. If this gets um, a bunch of other experts from outside the court case involved, then I'll start taking it a, l- a little bit more seriously. But at this point, it's it's no different to shit being posted on on what was going to be Elon Musk's platform, but he's pulled yeah. out. I he's finally anything, pulled out but- of something.
1: Ha <laughs> You've done it again. Um, I, I don't know much about ti- Titanium. The only thing I know about Titanium is that song Bulletproof. It uh, uh, talks about Titanium quite a bit. So. Yep. Uh, Nick Torque drinking some Rivet, Rivet Lager. From Aldi. Um, fancier when you pronounce Rivet, <laughs> as he says. That's pretty good. Well, Tarjay.
0: Yeah, we do the Tarjay thing, and and Rivet is, um, I think, an LD beer, if I remember correctly. Correctly, I don't I can't remember ever having it. Don't know whether it's good. They have some good bargain bargain beers. And they also have some crap. So
1: it's a full flavored lager, and he's got some salt and vinegar chippos here. Looks good. Um, w two's drinking a VSOR because he finished writing his drill. That's funny. <laughs> and then uh, Max allotment here with some referend beer. I've had some beer from referend. That stuff's good. This is. Um, a, a, it looks like it's called crack. I would guess that's a crick some kind, a yep. uh, true lambic, the only true lambic maker around these parts, big plastic bandaid nose followed by ethereal red cherry and tart lemon notes that leap from the glass. Very subtle vanilla Oak bright and zippy after three years in the cellar. That's some green bottle beer right there. 2018 crack looks lovely. Beautiful yep. color on that. Good looking beer. It does. Uh, What else we got in the kitchen, Tony? Yeah, we've got some Uh, Nick Torque
0: action. He's been buying himself some hot sauce with some side effects. Nick Torque
1: got on Amazon Prime here, uh, and he bought this. Oh, yeah, this is one of those hot sauces. Yeah, shit the bed hot sauce. So my favorite thing about hot sauce (laughs) is that every hot sauce has a name, like shit my pants, um, you know, fuck my mom hot sauce, uh, burning cock. And balls on fire, hot sauce, whatever—it's all that. Well, and this one is shit the bed, hot sauce. So there's a banner here. No, it came with a little bottle, like or no, this is like the box that it came in or piece of something. Yep. And it says, um, "What do you think this this will make me do? A, shit the bed. B, shoot flaming kangaroos out my butt, or C, shart my pants." I'm guessing shart my pants. because do you think it's a sharding situation? We have yeah. a long history of this podcast family sharding its pants. We, <laughs> we sure do. A nice history of pants sharding going on uh, over the last decade or so. <laughs> uh, um. So uh, Corey asked if, if, if the flaming kangaroos happen, uh, we got to get a vid. So <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that. Um. Uh, Nick Tork had a response on our discussion on Jaffa cakes. Yeah, that was um, fascinating. Uh, he says the reason they're called cakes rather than biscuits is because cakes were taxed at a lower rate in the UK in the past. So, okay. McVitie's, and I've had some McVitie's.
0: I love a McVitie's.
1: Oh, McVitie's Digestives. Um, they ended up going to court and won their case using the argument that cakes become hard when they go stale whereas biscuits become soft when they go stale, so they just flip. Um, (laughs) uh, I I go soft when I go stale, too. (laughs) Also, if you're ever lucky enough to see them, definitely try the black currant or cherry Jaffa cake varieties. Sounds good. That does Um, sound good. It is funny to me that somebody had to put on, like, the wig and the black robe to go in there and do the – Yep. Uh, actually uh, cakes go hard when they yeah. are stale. <laughs> <you know? laughs> we do that in
0: Australia as well. We, we do the, the wigs, wig yeah. and gown thing. But I, I will say I like a lot of the McVitie's products, but avoid penguins. They are a shitty version of a Tim Tam. They are shit compared to a real Tim Tam,
1: just saying. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah you got to get the good ones. You know, Trader Joe's is making a Tim Tam uh, analogue these days. How is it? Uh, I, I It was fine to me, but I don't have a, I don't have a particular, like, um, I didn't grow up eating Tim Tams, so there's, like, yeah. not really going to be an opportunity for me to notice, like, oh, this is fucked, you know? To me, I'm like, ooh, it's a chocolate cookie with chocolate filling. That's yummy to me. You know, I like it.
0: Yeah, is the chocolate uh, good? Because that wasn't the thing with the Penguin. Like, the it, it wasn't Hershey's chocolate, but it was that weird, like, cheap knockoff, shitty, like, greasy, oily, um, like,
1: you know, it tends to be pretty decent chocolate. So the, I mean, the Trader Joe's one was was good. I mean, I, I thought it was good tasting chocolate. It wasn't, didn't have that oily or butyric acid flavor. That's all acid. you want.
0: It was, it was like this is like critiquing a Tim Tam is like critiquing Lager beer. Is it what it says on the tin? Does it meet right. those standards? It's never going to be like the world's greatest cookie. It's going to be what it is. It's going to be a Tim Tam. It's it, going to be tasty, and that's all it's going to yeah. be. So I, I wasn't trying to overanalyze it. Like a penguin shit, they taste like ass, but a Tim Tam tastes delicious.
1: Most of the varieties I enjoy. It's like um, it's it's like eating it, – you can't eat a Tim Tam thinking you're at, you know, what's his name, Jacques Torres chocolate or something. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Just, a, it's, it's just a cute cookie.
0: It is. Um, but can I recommend – I know I've suggested a bunch. Mm-hmm. Bite off the diagonal corners – Use it as a straw. I know most videos yeah. you see out there will say a cup of tea. That That's arse. What you need to do is get yourself a glass of port. It doesn't need to be expensive port. And suck the port through the Tim Tam. It's a great combo. The fortified wine right. with the Tim Tam.
1: Mm. Last time I drank port, I uh, became drunk and had the worst hangover of my life. Nice. Uh, You're doing it right. Really, 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 really bad. Uh, gambling had some gambling going on. Corey asks if anyone bet on the WNBA All Star game. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, but I am positive many, many people did.
0: I'm positive Brian uh, did.
1: I he, I Brian. I know he did bet on the home. I don't. I know Brian bet on the home run derby. <laughs> um, as did as did as did W two's here who had Julio Rodriguez plus 1800 who did make the final and uh couldn't hang on. Would have been a nice payout. What have I? Um, I forget who Brian had, but he lost in the first round because and he's, and Brian said he thought it was a bloop single derby, <laughs> uh, which was pretty funny. Um, Grammar purist has a question for us in gambling here. So, what's the over/under on uh, how long the benifer marriage lasts? Oh, man, that's a boring experience to me. But, yeah, benefit for marriage. How long you got, Tony? Uh, Nick, uh, Grammar Purist sets it at nine months.
0: Now, shouldn't that be a half if, if we're really going to be
1: pedantic? I would say nine and a half months if I was going to set the line, yeah.
0: Yeah, but I'm going to go over because it's a PR too, thing. I, I think if it lasts less than two years – I think it's a PR disaster. I think two two to three years is really where they want to sort of go with that from a PR point of view. Not that I'm sceptical and don't think they're really in love, but although I, I do think J-Lo and, to a lesser extent, Ben Affleck are masters of just keeping themselves in the news. Um, When was the last time any of them were in anything relevant? I maybe... Um,
1: Oh, well, Taylor was in that Super Bowl halftime show. That was one of the great things that's ever been on television. So,
0: how long ago was that? It was a fair while it was ago. Like three,
1: three years ago.
0: Yeah, that's a long time in entertainment news cycles.
1: Fair enough. So, um, but it was it, it was it was awful good. I mean, uh, that was that was good for her. There was a now Ben Affleck has been doing his directing and he was Batman for a little bit there. That was a was, long that was a
0: time long, ago. He that was, was a
1: long time ago. Yeah. yeah.
0: You might as well bring up so, Good Will Hunting at this point.
1: So these, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be over. Corey's got the under, he thinks closer to nine weeks. <laughs> no nine way. Nine months. Uh, I, I tend to disagree, but Hey, uh, if it goes that bad, it either needs to go that bad because that's sort of a PR bump, or it needs to go. It needs to last way longer than that. So I, I think that's an interesting play, though, because I think if it lasts six weeks, then you've got then then you've got some. You're at least these guys are at least going to be getting uh, some pub out of it.
0: Yep. Now, Corey, did you want to did you want to put a twenty down on it? I'm I'm happy to take the other side of that. No vig involved. Just a straight up, straight right. up twenty for it. I'm happy to do that we'll do a virtual shake on it if you're interested
1: all right sounds good let's make it happen uh so what else oh i was watching um when i was watching summer league Corey brought up uh, i didn't see this asking me if dyson daniels's mom was there that's funny <laughs> she um and I think, other than, oh, we have some Cora Potpourri. Let's <laughs> Children, jump into that. That thing is wild. <laughs> yeah, the Cora Potpourri. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Um, <laughs> what do we have this week? So, uh, I put this one down uh, last week. This is a um, question I got. Uh, when I go to the blackjack table, should I put 1,000 down on my first bet and then walk away regardless of the outcome? What do you think, Tony?
0: Well, I replied to that. And and no is a simple answer. That's not how math works. You double down always. If you lose, you double your bet. If you win, you put your winnings back on. You double down. And then you walk away because that's how math works.
1: Yeah, that's the right way to do it. I mean, the thing is, you're going to do that. You're going to put the thousand down on your first bet, and you know what's going to happen. You're going to get eight, three. And you're yep. to, then you're going to be like, shit, okay, I have to give you another 1,000 because that's the only way to play it.
0: It you is. Know. Why are you taking um, a second card there? You have to double down there because that is how math works. So, no, that is not the correct outcome. Double down for two yeah. hands and then you walk away.
1: You play. You put a 1,000 down at free bet blackjack. That's the real math. <laughs> Uh, Corey posts this. This isn't from Quora. So I sort of just, just disallow it, but really, um, there was a a question, a valid question from Fox two now in St. Louis. Can pregnant women get divorced in Missouri? Uh, it's an amazing question. And he says unbelievably that the answer is no. So that's, that's wild to think about. Um, Weird state, Missouri. Strange, strange place to, to live in. Um, here's one from Nick Tork. He's getting into the core game. Why does England, a European country, speak English, an American language, instead of another foreign European <laughs> language? That's pretty good. That is great. this shit's really funny. Um, and Corey started posting pictures of the guy who was like, holding the gun. Outside of his house or whatever, whenever, however long ago that was, that Mark McCloskey fellow with his wife. Remember uh, that? Yes. That was crazy. Uh, Nick Tork again. What else do we got? Nick Torque is back. Just found out my uncle is also my dad's brother. What will this do to our family dynamic? <laughs> uh, it's a great question. I mean, it's sort of Lynchian to think about your uncle and also <laughs> being your dad's brother. Uh how could, how could that possibly be? Um, <laughs> very wild. Uh, yep. uh, so, yeah, get on the Discord with us if you want to play in the core of potpourri. It's very funny. Uh, you can get into Discord by, what, you can send us an email or you can ping us on Instagram and we will add you, or you can give us a tip at ko-fi.com slash podcast Those are the ways. And then I think we have one more thing to do. It is. And there is a question in the mail keg. uh, And uh, it was Corey not asking us a question.
0: I'm still going to play the jingle. So let me play the jingle. Oh, yeah, go
1: for it, yeah. So Corey had a question for other people. um, And (laughs) it was uh, asking Nick Tork how how his diet SARS was. Nick says it's very similar to root beer. They brew it for a few days and then boil it to get rid of the alcohol. Uh, Even the diet version has about 2% of residual sugar. That's not bad. Uh, I'm a big fan of drinks like this. My favorite is the dandelion and burdock, which is difficult to find. Outside the UK, dandelion and burdock. Um, I don't think I could have that, Tony. I don't think I'm allowed to eat burdock or drink or do anything with burdock.
0: Such small quantities, you'll be fine. Yeah, we'll maybe it some, wouldn't matter. Okay, We'll get you some Bundaberg sauce. Um Corey um, said that it sounds like a pair, well, with bourbon. I haven't tried the bourbon thing, but I have certainly had it with vodka. And the other great option is rum because we're a big, dark rum drinking country in Australia. Yeah. Um, Bundaberg rum is a great pairing with, with Bundaberg Sas.
1: Bourbon and sarsaparilla could be good because uh, – There is a ginger component to sarsaparilla, right? Like a maybe a no, it's not not. really.
0: No, it is, it is, it is close to root beer and not, not to ginger beer. We do certainly have ginger beers, but that, but I wouldn't say sars has a ginger component, slightly spicy, but not, not in a gingery kind of way.
1: I don't mix bourbon a ton with a lot of sweet stuff, but bourbon and ginger beer, like a kind of a Kentucky mule type.
0: Yeah, I like that.
1: I, I think that's quite enjoyable. Um, my, I think the sarsaparilla could be good, but it would be maybe overpower the bourbon. Um, yeah, with all the taste of the different roots and et cetera That go into the you know that stuff
0: because I like it with rum. Because as as you talk about with rum barrel stuff, rum can be very straight down the molassesy yeah. center. So to right. add some complex complexity with um, those ingredients. Um, I find really works well. I think it's called a dark and stormy. Um, and, and rum have, have their version of it with, um, sass instead of ginger beer or whatever is normally part of a, a dark and stormy. And I'm a big fan of it.
1: Delish. I love it. Uh, I, I, you listen, I'm, you're getting me thinking about having some bourbon after this year podcast. Um, Corey, I think you've, uh, you've achieved your goal. um, Alright, Tony. Speaking of uh, drinking different thingies, let's see great segue. <laughs> uh, nice. While we do <laughs> the logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Uh Tony, logger of the week for me this week. Oh, it's not free pills, even though I just drank one, which was delicious. I got to go with the Goldfinger Pills. I brought home some of that Goldfinger Pills from good old Downers Grove, Illinois, where it's made. And, boy, that place is just making some killer lager right now. Um, Really, really great pills in cans, 16-ounce cans, which is nice. Um, Fluffs up good, pours nice. Good amount of carb, like a kind of a softer, more slow pills amount of carb. Okay, um, which yep. I actually kind of enjoyed, yep. and um, it's, uh, it's a re- it's a real refresher. So quite enjoyable in these hot times, the Goldfinger Pills. Check them out if you're in the Chicago area. You have a lot of lager choices. I know you got Metro, you got Dovetail, and now you got this Goldfinger, and hell, you got all the loggers that Pipeworks is making because those are fucking good. Phase 3 is making some bomb lager. But you got it. I would get. I would get my hands on some of this Goldfinger stuff. It's awfully tasty. Tony, how about you? lagers?
0: Yeah, I I did have one, and it's not something that you get with a fresh date, at least in Australia. But it's still fucking good. It's almost like they've been brewing it for a while. They're famous for their Hefeweizen, but fine Stefana. Their Pilsner. It's mm. Classic. Oh, yeah, it's a Great
1: Pils, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: delicious. I like it. I enjoyed it when I had it. So. Um, been a while since I'd actually had it. Um, went down the imported uh, aisle in Dan Murphy's and, and picked one up.
1: The real shame is that I drank this Goldfinger Pills, Tony, and you're drinking that, that you know, the, the Steffener, And, you know, for all this, I didn't even get my hand shook and thanked <laughs> for enjoying a nice lager. I had to just sit here by myself and oh, be no. sad and watch watch the victoria's secret documentary or whatever that's been on hulu about jeffrey epstein and uh and you know shake my own fucking hand you know yep and you know what that you know what that that means yeah you are down a well with some moisturizer yeah right that's right it's a euphemism very good <laughs> <laughs> all right tony how about some how about some non-loggers how about how about our beers of the week Tony, why don't you kick this first,
0: huh? Okay, I went with um, one of the beers from Bacchus Brewing Co. It was their Rock and Roda. So are you familiar with the, I don't want to call it a candy bar, but, like, it's not really a dessert. It's It's a thing people make called a Rocky Road. So it's got marshmallows, yeah. chocolate, coconut. Okay. So this is based on on Rocky Road. It's an Imperial Stout. Um, The details that they give on Untapped, it's a big blurb. It's four words, Imperial Rocky Road Stout. And it's a delicious pastry stout that comes in at 14.8% alcohol.
1: Hell yeah. All right.
0: So it's a big boy, Um, 206 check-ins. Did you want to do a mini Untrapped? Who was the brewer again? Bacchus. Bacchus Brewing.
1: Oh yeah. People like them. Oh, yeah. Um ooh, I'm gonna go with a cool four point four two. I have to give it to you. Four point three six. So, Alright. Not yeah.
0: bad. Deliciously sweet. This is one right, that's where you the right can. There. Yeah, this is a this is a sugar cane. Oh yeah.
1: What about you, Griff? Right. What was that your beer neat. of the week? Ooh. I was drinking my sour beers uh, this Sunday over here at the Silver Stamp. Um, brought a couple over that I brought back from Chicago. Those were both good, obviously. Had the Fram's wort from Funk Factory. Awesome. Had an afterthought bottle, beer to pieces. That's always amazing. I highly recommend anything from Afterthought if you see them in Chicago. But I guess the best thing I had was something somebody else brought and shared or bought uh, and bought at the shop. I think they were carrying it. And this is—you're not going to believe it, Tony. It's from Lindemans, uh, who you might know as the lambic maker that yeah. makes all them their sweet ass lambic and uh, with uh, you know raspberries in it, frambo- frambois and stuff. Uh, but they make real land- lambic and goose and things like that as well. Uh, Cuvée Renee, I think, is one that I enjoyed in the past. And they just had their damn two hundredth anniversary and they released this beer called Eau de Goose Cuvée Francisca uh, for their 200th anniversary. Uh, this is... Uh, doesn't really describe the beer. It's lambic. It's, I mean, it's Goose. It's a mega blend. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was insanely funky, very, you know, funky, band aid slightly tart, you know, just like that. that sort of super... Funk to it, uh, horse blanket, any of those stupid flavors you want to call them. It, it was lovely. Um, had a few sips of that, and that was best thing I've had in a while. That was a big-time winner. Very, very good. So if you guys run into that, it's a little pricey, I think, um, floating around out there. But it, there is a lot of it. So um, you should be able to find it at your local purveyors of of fine lambics and uh, gooses and cricks and things like that. So really, really nice. It sounds delicious. Not gonna make you well. I can get I can try to give you an untrapped on this. Eight hundred ninety two check ins. Yeah, you can. Eight hundred ninety two check ins. It's the two hundredth anniversary blend. The description is really just the description of this of the the, the lady. No, it's just oh. some some the people who founded the brewery. It really has nothing to do with the beer.
0: I like it. So I'm going to go four point uh, two two.
1: Is where I All go. right, I'll give it to you. That's good. 4.16. There you go. For the, uh, the Cuvée Francisca there. Uh, super. Uh, Tony, why don't we...
0: This one isn't in the Discord, but I just received the message right now. A friend of the show, oh. Y2K, um, wants to know... He asked me a question directly, but I'm going to answer it on the podcast. Um, what do I think about... Hazy IPAs, he loves them. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Now, Griff, what is your viewpoint yeah, on easy, hazy? One. What's your viewpoint on hazy IPAs? Uh,
1: this would be the funniest thing about this is it's fine as a just a random question, but it would be the all-time worst question that somebody would ever pose. <laughs> if somebody just showed up, not to make fun of anyone who wants, listen, you want to ask us a, a question? It's not a bad question. But yep. It's hey guys, what do you think of hazy IPA? Like, bro. Yeah. Um, um, I like them fine. Uh, I have no complaints about hazy IPAs. I think, just like every other type of beer, some people make them better than others. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say that he's in an area where there are a few good purveyors potentially of hazy IPA, but and they should be um, able to get their hands on some hops. I don't have. Too. A, I don't have a. I don't have any particular distaste for them um, or anything. I, I like them. I. I still have the one Verdant in my fridge, and it's awesome. That's a great beer, Um, great hazy IPA. So, I mean, if you're getting them from the right folks uh, with a little bitter bite and, you know, kind of a more even sweetness, uh, I think they're delightful,
0: yeah. No, I think they're delightful, and I actually think they're one of the styles that actually shows less faults than most. Yes, you can get mishandled stuff where it drops out or you get some – Oxidization, But I think for the most part, people have their process dialed in on hazies these days. Yep. And I think mm-hmm. it's one of the more even beer styles. You're going to get beers that you enjoy 90% of the time, I think.
1: Um, yeah, there's some people fuck them up, though. They're either just, like, blindingly sweet or they don't time out the hop additions quite right. Like, your good breweries, of course, they just do it the same way every time, right? So, yep. you know, if you, get a, if you get a phase three hazy, you get another half hazy, you get a... Uh, whatever, seller maker, burgeon, so on and so forth. Right. They got their, they got their game together, you know, but, um, you know, you can get some, you can get some shit from some brewery. It's like test batch eight <laughs> hazy, you know, whatever. Like, okay, fuck this, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure. So, but uh, on the whole, I think it's a, it's a fairly forgiving I, style. I,
1: I tend to get filled up by them. So I, I tend to split the tall boy cans with Kel, but, um, Oh, I mean, in burial ones, I used to be able to take one down, though they are pretty good. So, yeah. if you get enough bitter on it that it that it's not lingering on your tongue forever, then you'll be fine. Excellent. Well, don't answer that. Just say they're good. Just tell them like, mmm,
0: you mm, know, don't, they're good.
1: Don't, yeah, right. Mmm, yummy hazy IPA. You can't get, can't get enough. Uh, but yeah, good, good question. k thank you. Um. All right, how about now we move on to hyper beer nerd dork shit news? Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right, Tony, I have to pull up my news. Here we go. This is well, a funny story. This doesn't have anything to do with anything other than just being silly.
0: <laughs> well, it does um, have to do with, with beer. Um, beer and like money coming down a highway at you, essentially. But in beer uh, currency, this is, form. Uh,
1: from the gang over at ABC News. A uh, Korean beer company searches for the real heroes who cleaned up massive bottle spill. A group of passersby helped clean up 2,000 broken beer bottles in South Korea. So, thousands of beer bottles cascading off a five-ton container truck seems like a disaster, but average citizens who came to the rescue are earning praise across South Korea for making the best of a bad situation. So, uh, a truck driver made a sharp turn in Chuncheon, Chuncheon City, uh, flooding the street with a torrent of beer and broken glass and engulfing the road in white foam in seconds. Yeah, this but- is about 40-some miles north of Seoul. And then immediately after the 2,000 bottles shattered on the road, the driver pulled over, trudged toward the heap, and began to gather the rings together. Moments later, a passerby um, started to pile up the crates, and a lot of other people um, kind of showed up and helped them pick up what they could off the, uh, off the road. So now the brewery is trying to find the citizens to express their gratitude to them in person. Um, it's very, very nice of these folks to, to help out with the, with this feller who lost all this shit off the truck.
0: Now, but my question is, this is, um, there's a bridge in Melbourne that is famous for truck drivers <laughs> not being aware of the height of the bridge, the Montague street bridge, and they drive under it all the time and get stuck. It's infamous. This is also a truck driver fuck up and it wasn't made well enough aware in the article. If you look at the video, he had his fucking side open. Uh, His whole side was up. He forgot to put it down. Like, surely that dude gets the
1: ass. There's some mistakes going on in this uh, thing. It is, of course, nice of the folks to help out with the beer truck spill and everything. But this guy, this guy fucked up big time.
0: (laughs) It sure did.
1: I know it's hard to drive trucks in places like Korea that are very crowded or places like uh Europe. I I know it's it's just sort of tight corners. How I lived in Chicago most of my life, that's pretty, you know, pretty busy town. Hard to drive trucks around there, a lot of them though. Um you got to you got to have some skills, so uh but you know, sometimes you make a big bad boo-boo, huh?
0: Yeah, that that was and a fuck you, up.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's a fuck up. Oh, Tony, here's some news for you. Some little little shitty town is getting a brewery, apparently. Um, This is the Mafco Brewing. Mafco Brewery, sorry, is coming to, where is this place? Mafra, Victoria, Australia. The hell? Yeah, I know. Tony, tell us about your local your local brewery coming to town,
0: huh? Okay. Mathco was the original name of the milk factory in town. So this brewery is actually okay. taking one of the buildings that was formerly a part of the milk factory. The milk factory is still there, but with um, modern technology, it's a lot smaller than, than what it was originally. So they've taken over one of the buildings, hence their name, the brewery. That, okay. So they're currently um, in renovation modes, setting themselves up as a brewery and a uh, They're adding a tap room on the side. It's about 800 metres, 7 to 800 metres roughly from my front door. So when I head out for a walk, um, I will be calling past there quite often for a cold one. um, And there's talk that it will be ready by October. So you can look them up on Facebook if anybody wants to. Um, they're, They're showing a lot of photos with their construction but even from when the last photo was published on the 17th um there's been a lot of construction that's gone on um they've added an external building in the past three or four days so yeah exciting stuff
1: do you do you have any familiarity with the people who are opening the place or I, own I the place
0: um one of the um people involved was a year below me at high school and she's run Mm. a pub at hayfield which is a town about 15 to 20 minutes away and she's also run a pub a little closer to home at newry um the farmer's arms at and for those two pubs she did a good enough job that they went from either dying concerns in newry was on its way out or completely dead in the Hayfield pub and reinvigorated something that had died. Um, So they've got a track record of being able to have good hospitality businesses. I hope they hire a good brewing staff. I'm not expecting anything spectacular. If they can brew a good pail, I'll be happy.
1: Maybe it will be spectacular. You know, Tony, I've always wanted to be in a town and a town like yours would be an interesting one. That isn't in the total middle of nowhere, um, and make like a kick-ass farmhouse brewery or something. You know what I mean? I really think that would be an interesting thing to, to do. I mean, obviously, you could still cook out some lager and some pale ale, but um, I would love to. I guess I just always wanted to run Jester King. That's yeah. just all I want. I now, just want I, to run Jester King.
0: I think the interesting point for us, given our history, there are two things that you could you could do that, that plays on the history of the town. We're a huge dairy farming community. Um, it employs a lot of people and a lot of connected farms in the area. So you can True. do a lot of milk stouts or lactose-based um, beers. Yep. That would be yep. one direction you go. But before um, Queensland became established as the sugar capital of Australia with their sugar cane production, we were actually known for our sugar beet so you could take it the Belgian way and do triples and quads that are also sure. pay homage to the town. So, hey, when I'm sitting at the bar, I will nudge them in those directions to at least make something a little bit um, with a little bit of a nod to the local history.
1: I think we're going to be getting some new beer engine listeners. That's what I like to think about. Absolutely. All right. Get in the, get in the discord, math, co, brewing co. We need you. We need you in here. Uh, Tony. Uh, the last story I have here, I'm going to start this out and then we'll kind of transition into something new, but, uh, it's my favorite beer festival of the year, not beer festival, like beer championship or beer, whatever this shit's called. Like the judge where they judge beer Oh,
0: gold medals and shit.
1: Yeah. This is the U S open beer championship. I I do this one one every year. I fucking love this one. Their website is from 1992. Is a fucking plastered-on banner image with two steins on it. It's so corny. Don't look at the website, Tony. Oh, close it. You...
0: Okay. I didn't open it. I just wanted
1: to see the okay. website design. Yeah. I'll, I'll look at it later. You can look at the very top of it. It's fine. I'm not going to. I'm not the winner. The grand national champion. I won't look at is the results. Sun King. Don't look at the results No. Oh, you're right. Just look at the very top. Yeah, that was made by Some,
0: Adobe. Yeah. Um, what was the name yeah, of the Adobe hideous. program? Oh, that's that's gold. I love it.
1: Yeah, yep. it's it's ass. It's pretty bad. I've clicked. They returned to its normal normal schedule at its new event center in Oxford, Ohio. Mm, I've been to Oxford, Ohio, um, and uh, it's just amazing. Every year, the breweries that get honored at this are just breweries <laughs> no one's ever heard of. And there's beers that nobody's ever heard of. And I guess I appreciate that, but there's just something about it that it always seems to be some kind of crazy outlier. They have weird categories. So this year, the, the one thing I'm going to read from before we go to our, our game, these are the top 10 beer names as voted by the U S open beer judges. They always enjoy the creativity behind the names and that breweries choose for their products. And they judge the winners subjectively based on laughter volume. Do they have the decibel meter thing? They should uh, have it, like they do at sporting this events. This year's top tens on the laugh meter included. And here's your top ten funny beer names. Here we go. Uh, the Julius Squeezer IPA from Elmhurst Brewing Company.
0: Huh. Huh.
1: Taste. Tastes like flannel from Red Bear Brewing. <laughs> oh, God. There Goes Some My Pickle by Quenny Brewing. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's pronounced Frankenstein IPA from Listerman. Oh, are- oh they get worse, Tony. I need more cow Belgian. I don't. I don't know what that. What is that? I know that. I know who they're trying to make a joke off of. But why did they just? What is that? Who's a good beer? Who's a good beer by Streetside Brewing? That's a dog thing, I think. Hmm. Kolschme, if you can, by Pilot Brewery. Uh. It Gosa uh, in your mouth uh, by Spider Bite Beer. <laughs> up up Shits Creek. And it's spelled like Shits Creek, like oh, the gotcha. TV show that everybody liked. Uh, and then Still Not As Bitter as Your Ex by New Ales Brewing. So that's your 10 funniest beer names according to the. Squarest motherfuckers on earth. Holy shit. Not good. Um, but, Tony, I, yes. uh, I have devised a little game. Um, I've actually used the top... So, there is a top ten of the best breweries as awarded at this contest. Okay. And because we often do not know who they are, I have sort of uh, put together a little game here where you have to guess which one of these breweries are uh, real breweries that are in the top 10 uh, of this contest and which of these I made up out of my big brain. This is a game we call News the Game. Exactly as long as I thought it would be all right all right Tony I got the first one here oh man these guys are from Nevada you're gonna you're not gonna even believe I don't I don't know some of these because I live in Nevada that's crazy All right well this one's from Minden Nevada Tony this is called shoe tree Brewing Now Tony a shoe tree is a thing you put your shoes on uh, sort of like a tree is um if you've seen a tree so uh but it's shoes
0: so is this to help them grow or is it just to help them dry out (laughs) or for storage they
1: say about big big shoes
0: what's that that you put small feet in them big
1: big fucking cock baby Um, isn't that big
0: feet not big shoes because you can wear any size shoe didn't we didn't we no, come only to the this? Shoes.
1: They don't really know anything about the feet. It's only the shoes. That's why you see a bunch of guys with size seven feet wherein size eighteen uh, will produce shoes. So what you're there. saying is Sideshow so Bob.
0: Yeah, Krusty the clown is 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 hung as much as small. Sideshow Bob.
1: Yep. No, uh which one ha- no, yeah, Krusty has small feet, so Krusty he's has got small the small feet, dick. Yeah. Saito Bob's carrying a hammer. He's, no, but he's bo- got a fucking rod, bro. No,
0: but by lo- your
1: logic, <laughs> as long as they're both wearing big shoes, they've both got massive rods. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, well, Krusty in jail has a small dick, but Krusty in, out in the wild <laughs> has a big hog. It's perfect. Yeah, it grows. It's fine. All right. Shoe Tree Brewing, uh, they got four, they, they won four medals at this at this year thing. And here's the ones they here's the beers they won medals for. They won a medal uh, for their cocoa Coco burrito porter, their taquito burrito porter, their La Lahotan brown ale. That sounds like a Hawaiian Hawaiian thing. And they got a pumpkin ale that they got a medal for, and that one's called gingy. Gingy pumpkin ale. You're a gingy Tony. <laughs> uh, yeah, gingy gingy pumpkin ale, La Jotaon brown ale, Taquito burrito porter, and Coco burrito porter.
0: Now, where in Nevada Portland. are these guys located? Are they like near Vegas, or are they near uh, oh Reno?
1: They're up in Carson City, which is not too not too far from Reno. A uh, a long throw from from Reno, but not too bad. Maybe it, maybe. 20, 30 miles.
0: Is there any other good beers in that area? Cause I've never heard you mention right. these guys.
1: Re- Revision is in sparks. Uh, lead dog is in sparks or Reno. One of those. Um, those are fine. I mean, revision's really good. Uh, lead dog is all right. Uh, beyond that, uh, I really don't, I mean, they host Zwanzee day for Nevada up there, which fucking pisses me off. Um, bring it down here. but, yeah, no, Reno, Reno, Carson City, Sparks. I mean, it's not, I mean, Vegas isn't exactly a beer mecca, but Reno isn't doing it either. So yep. yeah, Shoe Tree Brewing. What do you think, Tony? Is this a real brewery that one was one of the top 10 brewing breweries in the country uh, at, uh, at this uh, here, US Open Beer Cup, or did I make it up out of my brain?
0: I think you made it up out of your brain. I think as you were coming in the door for today's show, you saw the shoe tree by your front door and you thought, aha, good name for a brewery in the game. Um, okay. Because I th- my suspicion, even being a small random brewery in the same state that is pretty dry for beer, you would have mentioned it before. So I'm going to say this is one made out up. Of- This is one made up out of your head.
1: I made this one up. I made up the taquito burrito porter. All right. Well, Tony says that I made this up, and unfortunately for Tony, this one is real. And not only is it real, it is the, according to the U.S. Open Beer Cup, this is the number two brewery in the United States.
0: (laughs) Wow. So are yeah. you going? Well, I didn't, to- you know
1: what? I didn't look, but let's let me just let's just take. A, I'm not going to play untrapped with it. I just want to see what the rating is on one of these beers that meddled here. Let's take a look at Taquito Burrito. Taquito Burrito Porter. Oh, it's got a 4.07 on 11 ratings. <laughs> it's a 4.6% porter with vanilla, cocoa nibs, and peanuts. Ooh, the color of it has given me. Anxiety. It's very clear.
0: It is very clear.
1: Order. Interesting. All right. So there you go. Shoe tree in Minden, Nevada. You get that one wrong, Tony. Oh well. Next up, we will do. All right. This one's called. Um, this one's called Punters Brewing. Punters Brewing. This is in Athens, Ohio.
0: Okay, I could imagine that name in Australia because punters is a big sort of thing in Australia, if you game or you love to punt.
1: Yep, yep, I know that one. So uh, here's what they've got. They've got, they won medals for their, um, uh, Athens, Ohio, that's where Ohio University is, not Ohio State, but the uh, private school, Ohio University. Uh, What do they got? They got the big, big leg, Imperial Stout, big leg. I think this is punters like football punters, Tony. Yep. Like a man who kicks ball.
0: I'm, I'm familiar um, with them. Australia tends to specialize in those guys.
1: They got a medal for their Test Batch 007, 7 Belgian IPA. Uh, mm, sounds good. Uh, they got the, the the Pin Them Back Pills and the Hang Time Session IPA. Uh, so Big Leg Test Batch 07 pin them back and hang time session IPA is punters brewing from Athens, Ohio. One of the 10 best breweries in the U S or one of the 10 best funniest things I ever came up with.
0: I'm saying that that long snap was off and it was too much on theme. Therefore I don't think it's real. Every one <laughs> of those terms involved like all you needed was like a, a, coffin corner beer to really add to the, on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, naming convention.
1: I don't think this is real. Coffee, coffee corner. Coffee corner. There you go. Um, Tony, this one is fake. Uh, I made this one up. I made this one up. I thought I could throw you a little bit with test batch 007, but I <laughs> was not able to do it. <laughs> so you get that one right. Well, that's um, only because
0: you mentioned it earlier in the year, earlier in the show that uh, about yeah, test batches. So it was in your brain. Right, so
1: you- you got one right. Uh, let's go with this next one. This one is called Bonds Brewing. In, in this one, no Bonds Brewing is from Laramie, Wyoming. I like Laramie cigarettes. Yeah, uh, which is the Simpsons. Um, and their beers, they got medals for their Snowy Range Scottish Ale, their Second Street Wheat. Uh, The sweet, their sweet squeeze, passion fruit ale, and oh boy, they got a pumpkin too, jack-o'-lantern pumpkin ale.
0: I think this is legit because I think you found the weird coincidence with Laramie cigarettes, um, and so you went full bore on it, and I think this is legit. So I, I don't think you made this one up.
1: Tony thinks this one's real Bonds Brewing from Laramie, Wyoming. And Tony is correct. Bonds Brewing. Now, where were they? I think they were like third or fourth. The third or fourth best brewery in the country. Uh, Where where are they at? Oh, no, sorry. They're eighth. Uh, Eighth best brewery in the country. Bonds Brewing. Wow. Uh, Let's take a look at some of these ratings on these beers. They're Second Street Wheat. Uh, I was hoping that the generic nature of having a beer named Second Street Wheat would throw you. It didn't have anything to do with Laramie, Wyoming. Um, uh, bonds, bonds uh, sec, uh, doesn't does not exist on the uh, <laughs> on Untapped. So that's how good these guys are doing.
0: Well, I will actually say you can get things from their website, unlike the the first. Um, the one from Nevada, I went to their mm. website and <laughs> you couldn't click on shit there. So they're only selling apparel, um, cups, growlers, hats and men's and women's mm. apparel, but they look to be a real brewery. Uh, they
1: don't look. Well, yeah, really I mean, it, it is a real brewery at least. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the, the other one in Nevada, they got a Facebook page. This is at least mm. got a core range that they actually bother to put up on a website,
1: um, Their Snowy Range Scottish Ale has a 3.76. That's a respectable score for a For that style, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. All right, good for you guys. Uh, Eighth best brewery in the country. Next up, I have, this is Primeval Brewing. Primeval Brewing from Noblesville, Indiana. These guys only got three medals, so I mean that's why, you know, now you can see how far down the list these guys are. Yeah. Um they have the sacred oh the sacred seduction brown porter, the double <laughs> the Diablo Diablo, El Diablo, Belgian strong ale, and the Chompinator Doppelbach. <laughs> <What>
0: Chomp <I'm-
1: laughs> Chompinator <laughs> See, I could pretty imagine good.
0: you kept coming up with that, but that's such a weird, like, summer on theme and then, then you've got chombonator at the end, which you did try and throw Primeval me with. Primeval
1: could be a dino. A dino can chomp.
0: Yeah, you did try and um, throw me with the 007 test batch, um, but I think this is real. I, I, I'm thinking this is a pretty um, small brewery, kind of like Bonds and the, the other place. I think this is legit.
1: All right, Tony, you're on a roll. You've, you've figured me out. This one's real. Um, let's take a look at some of these beers. Noblesville, Indiana. Um, man, they oh, Sacred Seduction, 3.82, a 5.7% English porter. I mean, it looks fine. You know, you yep. can't complain about that. That's all right. Chompinator has a cool 3.94, 232 check-ins. Um, 7.4% Doppelbach. Eh, I could go for a little more booze on that. Yeah. That's all right. Okay. So you got that one right. We got one more last one, Tony. This is, uh, Mary Ann's Mary Ann's beer company in Tempe, Arizona. Mary Ann's beer co Tempe, Arizona down here in the desert, but in the shitty part of the desert. Here's their beers. Uh, we have uh, they got medals for beer flavored beer, which is American lager. Okay, Marianne's Marianne's cookies, a um, a specialty stout is the category I want in. Bob's Big Seguero, sort of sort of uh, a little creepy there. Bob's Big Saguaro Imperial Pale Ale, and uh, oh, this is my favorite. The we we hate Brandon Golden Ale.
0: <laughs> oh man,
1: we hate we hate Brandon.
0: I I want to say that you made it up, but I could imagine mm-hmm. a We Hate Brandon Ale on the shelves. Um, but no, I'm gonna have to go. I think Marianne is something that you put out into this world. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why you did but I could imagine this (laughs) existing in a red state or just a shitty, shitty brewery, but you put it out in the world.
1: Yeah, this definitely exists somewhere, but I didn't, but I made this one up. This one, this one's totally made (laughs) up by me. Uh, Marianne's cookies was one of my favorites. And uh, uh, the, we, of course we hate Brandon was, was a fucking give up giveaway. Um, but. Whatever, I was just trying to be funny. Tony, uh, um, can't look up Marianne's beer. Um, So, yeah, here's your top ten breweries. Sun King, number one. Shoe Tree, number two. See if you've heard of any of these. If you have, you get a point. Third Eye Brewing in Ohio. Monday Night Brewing in Georgia. That's a pretty decently known brewery. Pilot Brewing in North Carolina. Valensons Brewing in Texas. No idea. (laughs) Moonraker, you know Moonraker in Auburn, California. Bonds Brewing in Wyoming. D.C. Brow Brewing in Washington, D.C. Forgotten Star Brewing from Minnesota. No clue. Primeval Brewing. Just learned who they were and put them in a game. Um, And that's really it. Uh, My other favorite thing, let's see if we can find who won the gold medal for belgian style wit beer (laughs) (laughs) he's always a class
0: well you look that up i thought with that last brewery we have we heavy brandon would have been the way to go it's like we hate brandon but not quite it would have been a little less on the nose we heavy brandon would have been the way to go
1: Oh, that's a good point no you're right so yeah the winner of belgian style wit beer is not Algash, It is Sugar Creek Brewing with their Sugar Creek White Ale, and the bronze went to Flicks Brew House from it misspelled Albuquerque, Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> uh, so whatever, these guys, these guys are my favorite. Go look through the medal list. See if you can figure out if you know any of the breweries. Pat yourself on the back if you do. Uh, it's always an amazing experience. To, and and you get to try to load up their fucking 1986 websites. Tony, I think that is about it for us today. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can locate us on the World Wide Web?
0: Uh, they can follow us on Instagram at BeerEnginePod. They can send us an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. They can follow us on Untapped. your Griff AD, on Untapped. I'm St. Moz. Um, mm mm-hmm. But if you want to send us a couple of dollars our way, ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast and send us a couple of bucks and that way you don't have to interact and you can still get access to the discord.
1: To the discord. Yep. Come on the discord. That's where the fun's happening. Um, And you guys can hang out with us there. Uh, Always appreciate everyone posting your questions, listening to show. And whatever else it is you do uh, as part of our magical, wonderful beer community. Very good. Tony, you got anything else for the fans this week?
0: Uh, not really. Is Do we play any other preseason sports that have a trophy? Actually, we used to in Australia. That was my club's biggest achievement for many years. They won the ANSEC Cup in 1996, which is better. Yeah. Than winning a wooden spoon, which is something that you get for getting the last place on the AFL table.
1: I remember Tottenham. Tottenham winning the Audi Cup was a very funny thing that happened. <laughs> in, it, it, it's like they they got two draws against Bayern Munich or something, and they got the, very stupid. Uh, yeah, very good. All right, guys, we will talk to you again in a week. See ya.